If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Well, I have to tell you, I have been literally geeking out about this interview. So it's uh, today I have Ariel Garten with me. And she's been described as probably one of the most interesting people that you will meet. And when we talk, you will see why, because she's not only a neuroscientist, she's a mom, a former psychotherapist, former fashion designer. So I'm a little interested about that one, too. And more importantly, maybe the co-founder and visionary of the amazing and highly successful tech startup Muse. Uh, which if you haven't heard about Muse, you're going to hear about it today because it's actually a product that I use uh, and uh, help you with meditation and sleep. And so with that, let's get in. Today's going to be a little geeky maybe for some of you, but it's also you know about the importance of a meditation and sleep practice and why those things are actually so important and why we all need them so much, especially in the life that we're living today. So with that, let's roll the episode. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. All right, Ariel. <laughs> Hello. How are you today? I'm magnificent. How are you? It's, you know, every day we should be magnificent, right? We get to choose every day what we're going to be. So why not be magnificent? <laughs> yeah. And actually, I was pretty grumpy this morning. I woke up just kind of, I'm pregnant. So like, you know, you, you don't always get to choose how you feel when you wake up when you're pregnant. Um, and I was pretty grumpy. 
my husband got grumpy at me about something. Sorry, let me just kill this. Start that again. I was pretty grumpy. My husband got grumpy at me about something inconsequential <laughs> in the kitchen. And as I was walking my kid to school, I realized I have the choice to remain grumpy, which actually felt kind of good at that moment. I, I actually, mm-hmm. you know, there was a there was a solace to being in that grumpiness in the sort of like cold winter day. Um, or I could just choose to feel differently because why would I hold on to that grumpiness? And I took a few deep breaths. I let the feeling of the day rush through me. I let the grumpiness pass out because like, why would I hold on to that even though I thought I maybe needed to or I thought it felt good? And et voila, I feel magnificent. I know. Well, and here, here we are. We're, we're only like a minute into this too, right? And we've already <laughs> got a big takeaway for people because it's funny. I, I woke up this morning. I mean, usually, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not pregnant, <laughs> but I still don't get to choose how Shocker. I wake up. Shocker, right? But yeah, I mean, today I woke up pounding headache, feeling nauseous, you know, same kind of thing where again, but we get to choose how we want to feel, right? Which is which is an amazing thing that you just brought out there. You could choose to continue to feel grumpy. I could choose to continue to feel crummy, <laughs> but I choose to be magnificent and feel great. Um, and that makes all the difference. I feel totally different now and you feel totally different now as well. Yeah. So, And it's not always easy to make that choice. You know, uh, you can't tell somebody who's feeling crappy to just snap out of it. That truly doesn't work and only makes people grumpier. But there are tools and techniques that you can learn that allow you to shift your own state, that allow you to recognize where you're at, that allow you to give yourself what you need in that moment, and then allow yourself to make another choice, to look at the range of possibility and say, I could stay here or I could do something to move myself elsewhere. And it's a skill that I've been honing and now teaching. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you as well, because it's, you know, as you talked about, there's these, I kind of call them tools of the trade. And and what's funny is, you know, I, I grew up as a, my dad was a contractor. So I'm very familiar with power tools, right. And, and using tools to get stuff done. But now the tools that most of us need are more mental. I haven't come up with a good word for it, but mental, mental in nature. Right. Um, but there's, there also are some physical tools that can help us with those mental things, which Muse is one of those tools that I use. Right. And, and I'm just curious to start off with, because again, I mean, you've got a varied background and, and I'm always curious to learn because I'm an entrepreneur. I know a lot of entrepreneurs as well and how this, this creation ends up coming of, you know, so take us, take us through just quickly, kind of, you've done a lot of things. How did you get to this point and why of what you're, what you're doing today? Sure. So I was always fascinated with the brain and how it works. Um, at the same point, you know, you, you saw I did a lot of things in my background. I come from a mom who's an artist, a dad who's an entrepreneur. And so I grew up really kind of with the sense that anything was possible. You know, my mom would make these big, large scale oil and canvas images. And from nothing, she would make this beautiful, colorful world from this blank canvas. And so, and my dad is an entrepreneur. I learned that, you know, you can actually make your own path and you can do something you find valuable rather than just, you know, working for Tide or P&G, like, you know, rather than, 
you know, giving all of your hours over to something corporate that you may not believe in. And uh, so I was always making things. I was always creating and I was always kind of exploring the world. And I had a very quiet inner critic. So that voice inside your head that says, you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you're not going to be good at it. Somehow I got super lucky and she was pretty quiet. She's, she's gets louder and quieter at times. And again, there's techniques to really deal with your inner critic and, and keep him or her at bay. Um, and sort of fast forward to the, to muse and the meditation part. I began working in a research lab with Dr. Steve Mann. He's one of the inventors of the wearable computer. And he had an early brain computer interface system. So this was a single EEG electrode that you would put next to your head, the back of your head. And as you would focus or relax, it would shift your brain waves. And we could take that change in brainwave activity associated with focus or relaxation and then make that signal audible. So as you mm. focused, the sound could get louder. As you relaxed, the sound could get quieter. And I stood back and said, oh my God, this is like unbelievable. The world needs to know about this. How can we possibly bring it to the world in a way that's going to be meaningful and useful? So I got together with my two good friends, Chris Amony, who is just like the most amazing spiritual, scientific, artistic engineer you'll ever meet. He was Chris's master student and was making wearable technology with Steve. Sorry, he was Steve's master student and had been making wearable technologies with him. And my friend Trevor Coleman, who was really great at business and just understanding what made things sticky and great. He was actually a party planning guy and he could make the best parties you'd ever imagine <laughs> because he understood the ingredients to the human experience. Um, and also had a head for business. And so the three of us set about to take this technology and bring it to the world. And we were like, what is the best way that we can make use of this? We have this thing that gives you feedback that lets you know when you're focused, lets you know when you're relaxed, it's able to give you insight into your mental state. What can we do with it? And we recognized that probably the best use of this technology was to help people meditate. Because meditation, this is now 2012, 2010, 2009, like pretty early on, it was before the meditation curve has, was growing, but I was a psychotherapist at the time and I would teach my patients to meditate and they would come back and it would be really unclear if they were actually able to do it. And I would try to meditate. And frankly, I would suck at it because my brain would bounce all over the place. But with my background, I knew the power of it. I knew the thousands, at that point, hundreds, now thousands of research articles that had demonstrated the power of meditation to change your brain, to improve your attention, to decrease your stress, to improve your productivity, relationship, GRE scores, and on and on and on. And so we recognized that if we could build something that could get more people meditating, we'd actually be doing something good for the world. And that's how Muse was born. Well, and it's funny because, you know, as I've, as I've been going down my path, uh, you know, of, of practicing and bringing more mindful activities, med meditation being one, um, you, you know, and, and understanding kind of the, the neurobiology behind it, right. Of, of really, it, it seems like when you're meditating, you're, 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 you're really slowing down your brain waves, right. From beta to theta to alpha, you know, kind of a, of a phase. <clears throat> and it's something that we don't really have feedback on is we're just sitting here, right? You know, you're sitting here trying to be quiet and it's like, am I really doing it or not? Right. And so I, I kind of felt the same way that you did of, am I doing it right? 
you know, and, and, and I know a lot of people would say there's no wrong way to do it. Just do it. <laughs> right. But there, there's, there's that part of me that was thinking, well, but am I doing it right? And that's when somebody actually, you know, mentioned Muse and said, hold it. There's this thing that you can actually try, you know, if you want to, if you want to find out, get this tool, because it actually measures your brain. Right. And I think what, what's interesting because, you know, not only do you bring the, the technology to it to give people feedback, but in talking about the founders that you have, you've, you've made it a way of gamification as well to make it fun for people, right? Um, it's the whole idea to create something that is sticky and engaging because there are multiple problems in meditation. So the first problem is like, what am I even doing? You sit there to try to meditate. Your brain is bouncing all over the place. And you're like, what am I supposed to do? And there's no little coach or guru inside of your head letting you know when you're in focused attention, when your mind is wandering and really showing you what to do. So Muse is able to give you real-time feedback to let you know when you're focused, when you're in the meditation zone, and when your mind is wandering, cue you to your wandering thoughts, which is then the cue for you to bring your attention back to your breath, into your focused attention. And we really are able to reinforce you. So first of all, it shows you what to do. Second, shows you if you're doing it right. And then it makes it sticky. So we have a behavioral architecture that encourages you to come back and keep meditating because you're able to see your progress. And over time, it moves from the extrinsic reward of a motivational architecture to the intrinsic reward of like, hey, now that I've meditated for three weeks, I feel much better. You know, now that it's five weeks <laughs> in, I don't feel as good on days when I don't meditate. I want to do this every day. And it's no longer about the tool. It's about you and your practice and the value it brings to your life. Yeah. And so for, for, for people that aren't familiar with it, because I, 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 I know there's a lot of different settings and different things you can listen to. I typically just do the, I like the rainforest, the little, you know, mm -hmm. sound, sound of the water. And so, so for somebody that hasn't used it, if you're curious about it, this is kind of what my experience has been, right? Is it's like you said, there, there's audible, you put in your, your headphones, you listen, and as your brain waves are, are higher, your, your attention is going everywhere. The, the, the sound of the rain is a little bit louder. And as you quiet down, things get quieter, right? The rain gets a little quieter. So you're getting that immediate feedback on where is my brain going, right? And it's like, oh, gee, I forgot to put in the laundry. I forgot to do this. Or, oh, oh, no, never mind. Come back. Let's just count. Let's think, right? And you can you can literally hear that I'm I'm getting quieter. And then what I loved about it too is kind of from that ex extrinsic gamification, the little birds, right? Is is if you've been in a quiet state for long enough, you'll you'll hear a faint little chirp of a bird, right? And you collect birds, right? So I used to joke with my wife that, you know, I'd, I'd come in at night and do my little meditation at night. And she's like, oh, you were counting your birds again, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm bagging birds. I'm going hunting for birds, right? But but it's, it's, it's a nice way, like you said, for those of us, especially that are kind of analytical to see, because we're always worried, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? And now there's a way to actually know if you're kind of doing it right. Yeah. And, you know, doing it right, you can get into a little bit of, of, of 
danger there, but there actually is a right and wrong way to practice different forms of meditation. And there are many, many different forms. So here we're specifically teaching you in the meditation you've described, the mind meditation, focused attention meditation. Mm -hmm. And in focused attention meditation, how you do it is you put your attention on your breath. When your mind wanders away from your breath, you notice that your mind has wandered. You let go of the wandering thought, and then you non-judgmentally return your attention back to your breath. That's how you do that particular practice. Muse has a range of other practices that it teaches you too. There are breathing practices. There's a heart meditation where you can listen to the beating of your heart like the beating of a drum. So there's a, e, a, a PPG sensor that translate your, translates your heart rate activity. So you can listen, literally listen to it rising and falling and tune your ability to understand your internal state. Um, there's stillness meditations, and then there's over 500 different guided meditations in different forms. Some of them are mindfulness meditations, Zen meditations, yoga nidra, and more and more and more. Um, many of them also focused on what you need in your life at that moment. So, you know, I'm feeling grumpy. We literally have a meditation called banish the cranky. You're frustrated <laughs> standing in line because it's COVID and you can't get into a store. We have a two minute meditation for finding calm while standing in line. <laughs> You're in college and need to do well an exam. We have meditations for that literally across the board. Well, and it's interesting because yeah, there's, there's so much of a, of a breath there and I've got I've got a lot more of those different things to, to try, but let's, let's talk maybe a little bit about, you know, the, the why this is so important for people, right? Because again, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you could have just chosen something that just, you know, makes you a gazillion dollars, right? And, and a lot of entrepreneurs do that. They're just chasing the money, but you chose to go for something that you felt would also, you know, improve the life of humans on this planet. So, you know, maybe let, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, what is it that this is, is doing? Cause like you said, you're not just selling a gadget. You're, you're selling a way of helping people's lives be better. So how can it be better? And why, why do we need that? Sure. And I have to say it was critically important to me that if I was going to put my time and energy on something and employ people and spend their time and energy, that this had to be doing something good for the world. And I always say, if it's not doing good for the world, let's just stop what we're doing right now and throw it all in the garbage. Like, you know, there are lots of ways to make money and make a salary. Let's align ourselves with something that's actually meaningful. Um, it's that's, that's the 100% driving purpose. And we've been lucky enough that it actually seems to be that it seems to really be making significant positive impact in people's lives. There's hundreds of thousands of people that now use Muse regularly, as well as lots like thousands of clinicians, doctors, Mayo Clinic ran a study with Muse with breast cancer patients, demonstrating that it improves the outcomes in the cancer care process. Um, they're doing other studies in fibromyalgia. We have systems for pain. So we've, we've really, really, really been fortunate to be able to actually make an improvement in people's lives. Getting more specifically into meditation and why it works, that's super cool. So meditation seems to be this thing where you're like, how can this one thing do so many things? How can it have so much benefit? Um, you know, it seems like snake oil, but it's actually not. So when you're doing a focused attention meditation, your mind is wandering off into a thought. You then notice that your mind has wandered, choose to let that thought go and choose to bring your attention back to your breath. It is unbelievably simple at its core. Um, yet this very simple activity can lead to some really profound transformation. 
So most of us just go through our lives on autopilot. We go through our lives with a whole bunch of thoughts in our head, and we assume that because our thoughts in our head, we're supposed to be thinking them. And now we're thinking about the garbage and taking it out when we're actually supposed to be there with our wife on a date. And we're, you know, and we're thinking about the stressful time at work that we have and repeating that information in our brain over and over and over again, because our brains are literally wired to look for the dangerous and stressful things and repeat them to us so that we can be safe from them. And, you know, way back in the day when we lived in uh, dangerous environments and we didn't have safe homes, yes, we needed to be very highly attuned to danger. However, those primitive systems, aka the amygdala, the part of your brain that's always scanning for danger, is still tuned to always scan for danger. But now it responds when you get an email from your boss that says, can I talk to you? Your amygdala immediately goes into danger zone. When you're going into an interview and you have a stain in your pants, your amygdala just can't stop thinking about that stain in your pants. When you're stuck in traffic and there's nothing you can do about it, your amygdala can't stop telling you about that traffic because it needs you to be aware of that danger over and over and over and over and over again. So with meditation, what we're able to do is to actually retrain our brains to be able to say like, yes, brain, you served me that piece of information, but you know what? That's not actually important right now. And I can let that go. And I can bring my attention back to something that is important to me, whether it's the person I'm having a conversation with, the work I'm trying to do, the positive thoughts I choose to have instead, you know, whatever it is that actually is relevant to you at that moment, rather than just the random stuff that your brain is choosing to serve up because it thinks that that's what's best. So in your meditation practice, you're actually changing your brain. You are thickening your and strengthening your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that's able to make these kinds of wise decisions about what's really important to you. And you're down-regulating your amygdala, the part of your brain, the primitive part that's always scanning for danger. And when you start to shift that relationship, when you're actually able to gain control over the contents of your own mind, you're able to first of all, make much better decisions in your life, be much more present for the people who are there and reduce your psychological and physiological stress because stress doesn't necessarily start in the body. It starts in the brain with a thought, which then triggers your body to have a physiological reaction of, you know, your heart increasing its heartbeat, your blood vessels tightening up the tension in your body, which then triggers your mind to have more thoughts about the thing that has created the sensation in your body, which then feeds forward. So when you're able to break that cycle at the level of thought, take deep breaths to calm the body, you've created a situation where you're not only psychologically healthier, but also physiologically healthier. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, again, I mean, almost everybody I talk to feels stressed out. And so as you just described, well, it's no surprise that you're stressed out if your amygdala has been going crazy on you all day. Right. And if you're having all of these stressful thoughts, and, and I think it's like three to one ratio, if I remember right, kind of from, you know, ne- negative, it, picking up on negative thoughts versus positive, because it's still that old, you know, multi-million year old brain that's trying to say, hey, there's a lion or a tiger or a bear, oh my, that's coming after you. But it's not really. It's my boss sent me an email. It's not like there's a lion trying to eat you right in front of your face. But our brain doesn't know any different unless we train it. And I think I think that's the beautiful thing. And, and like you said, that we can actually choose, right? 
we started it off talking about choice, we can choose to think differently, which also translates into us feeling better as well. Yes. Yes, and feeling better in the long term. So, you know, as you do this activity a little bit day by day, as you get better at identifying your thoughts, and this is part of the um, this is part of the depth of meditation as well. As you sit with those thoughts and you're not just busying around your life, you have the ability to actually hear what they're saying, to actually say like, hey, is that true? Hey, is that meaningful? You actually get to know the contents of your own mind. Then from there, you get to make a better choice about it. And bit by bit, day by day, practice by practice, you get better and better at being able to gain control over your own life, psychologically, mentally, physiologically, and Mm relationship-wise. Well, and and so one of the things that I hear from so many people, though, too, and I, I even find myself thinking this sometimes, right, is I don't have time to do that. And, 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 and I think part of the reason behind that, right, is there's, you know, especially in the Western world, there's a lot of emphasis placed on productivity, and you've got to be productive, and you've got to be doing something all of the time, right? And so for many of us that, that have been indoctrinated that way, it's hard to just stop and do something that seems like I'm doing nothing, right? <laughs> how, how am I being productive when I'm not doing anything and I'm just sitting there, right? Um, so, so how do you, you know, for, for people that are, are saying, look, I don't have time for it. It's just a waste of time. I'm not doing anything. How do you usually respond to them? Because again, I hear that all the time. I've got my own opinion, but I want to know kind of what your, your take on that is, because I'm sure you hear that all the time too. Yep. So the good news is meditation gives you back time. There are lots of studies that demonstrate that meditation actually improves your productivity. So part of what you're noticing every time your mind wanders, those are micro distractions and those are procrastinations. If you're sitting there doing your work and your mind wanders off to Facebook, the coffee, before you know it, you're at the coffee pot, you have just wasted so much time. In a meditation practice, you would notice that your mind wandered to Facebook or the coffee pot. You would then say, thanks for that information, not relevant to me at this moment, let that go, get back to the task at hand. Meditation dramatically gives you more time in your day and more freedom to make better choices. And meditation doesn't need to take long. So in the breast cancer study at the Mayo Clinic, they gave the women the task of meditating for three minutes per day with Muse. Literally, they just said, go and use this for three minutes per day. And many of the women continued to use it for longer or for longer periods. Most people used it beyond the end of the study period because they love doing it. But really, all you need to do is start for a very short period of time. Now, for some people, when you sit down for those three or five or seven minutes, you're like, oh my God, this feels like torture because my body's so used to doing things. I just want to get up and run away. And that's cool. What your job is at that moment is to just sit with the sensation and repattern your brain because our brains and bodies are often wired for automaticity. You think about a cookie, you see the cookie jar and just like your hand is out there and you didn't even realize what you did. And that's actually because dopamine, that reward system governs both the reward of the cookie and also dopamine governs your movement system. So as you're having that reward of the cookie, your body's preparing itself 
you know, from a neurotransmitter perspective to move your body towards it. And it's just an automatic loop. When you're able to intervene and say, hey, I feel this insane urge to get up now. I feel this insane urge to like go move towards the cookie or to just fidget or to just run away. When you sit there in that moment with that feeling and say, actually, I might feel that way, but I'm not about to, you begin to repattern your body. You're literally rewiring your brain and we rewiring those automatic circuits to bring it into your own control. And so those who have a sensation of ADD or fidgetiness, you know, at first it's the weirdest thing in the world to just sit still. But once you do it and you train your body to say, hey, we don't need to run from this. Hey, we don't need to just play out this mindless automatic behavior and this, you know, pattern that's been built that actually isn't helpful or useful for you. You make tremendous change in your life because you're able to gain this top-down control over your own automatic behavior. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's, it, you know, it's not a waste of time, right? For all those reasons Definitely that you just not. talked about is even spending the three minutes a day, you know, and again, for people that are listening, our, our brain is just like a computer, right? And so if, if you, if you want different results, you got to reprogram your brain to run a different program. Yes. Meditation is one of those ways to do it. Cause like you said, every time that you start to wander and you're like, nope, thank you for, for, for that thought, but right now I have to focus on this, right? And the more that we do that, the more that we practice it, it's just like doing push-ups or, you know, barbell curls or anything with our muscles. We're actually, you know, retraining ourselves, And like you said, that leads to higher productivity, to feeling better, um, you know, like the Mayo Clinic using it with the breast cancer people, I'm sure it helps them to heal, a little bit more as well, or at least reduce their anxiety about what they happen to be going through at that time, right? Yeah. I mean, it reduced their, according to the study, it reduced their stress. It also reduced their fatigue. It improved their quality of life during the cancer care process. And meditation has also been demonstrated separately from that study to actually help your body heal. When you reduce the cortisol levels in your body, when you change your cellular milieu by no longer dousing it in stress hormones, you're actually able to heal faster. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of, of, of benefits, even in something as little as one, two, three minutes a day. You know, it, it's not, it's not sitting down for four hours, you know, like you see a Buddhist monk sitting <laughs> there on a, on a hard stone or something for four hours this is something that literally anybody can do in just a couple minutes a day, it sounds like. Yeah. And obviously the more you do it, the more benefit you'll get. But when we say more, we're talking at the order of 10 or 15 minutes a day. We're not talking on the order of four hours. We all live busy lives with kids and dinner to make and work and all these obligations. So, you know, part of creating Muse was creating a tool that allows meditation to fit into your modern daily busy life in short ways that are rewarding and allow you to actually see and track your progress. Yeah. Which has been great. And like I said, I've got, I've got a lot more, uh, a lot more research to be doing on some of those other areas too. The heart one some of the other stuff, but, but I wanted to talk to you because I know that, that you guys have been doing some stuff about sleep, which, you know, I know for me, I've trained myself. So literally I hit the pillow, I'm out in one or two minutes. Um, so I don't have a problem going to sleep. Once I go to sleep, I am gone. 
until I wake up. But I know sleep is a big issue for a lot of people, my wife being one, right? <laughs> you know, she always gives me a hard time about it. But you know, she she struggles with sleep. I know a lot of people struggle with sleep. And you know, if you start your day off tired, and exhausted, because you didn't get a good night's sleep, it makes the next day hard as well, right? So, so let's talk a little bit about sleep, um, you know, that way, why sleep is, is so important, and kind of how you are actually helping people with that as well. Sure. So sleep is incredibly key. And so you have the group of people who feel like, oh, no, I have insomnia, I don't sleep enough. And then you have a group of people who say, who oh, I only sleep three or four hours a night or four or five hours a night. And it's totally fine. I can totally function on that. The reality is both of those groups could benefit significantly from more sleep. So sleep plays an important role both in our mind and in our body. While you sleep, you're consolidating your memories, both including forgetting things that you need to forget, as well as remembering things you need to remember. You're cleaning out your brain. So there's this little system in your brain called the glymph system, just like we have lymph nodes in our body, we have glymph nodes in our brain. Mm -hmm. And that allows uh, gaps to open and extracellular fluid to move about your brain that actually flushes out the toxins and accumulation of the day. So there's research that demonstrates that people who sleep better are better able to flush out beta amyloid from their brain um, and therefore likely reduce the risk of Alzheimer's disease. So sleep is really important. When you don't sleep well enough, you decrease your hormone balance in your body. You typically screw with your satiety signals. So your body doesn't know as well when it's supposed to be hungry or not hungry. That often leads to weight gain. Um, and uh, really poor sleep is associated with just about every chronic illness, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. So really sleep is critically important for your mind and body. And most people don't realize that getting good sleep doesn't need to be that hard. And so I'd love to talk about ways to help people sleep. I would, I would too, because I, you know, I, I've got my own little routine, what works for me, but what, what are some things um, that really can help people? Some, some easy takeaways that they can even sure. just do tonight, right? Um, as, as, a way, as a way to practice and, and try to get that better night's sleep. Sure. So there's uh, two different parts to improving sleep. One is the mental part and the other is the stuff that you are doing to keep you from sleeping. So let's deal first with the physical because in some ways that's easier. So on the physical side, you want to make sure that you are not drinking coffee too close to bedtime. So caffeine has a half-life of six to eight hours, which means that if you drank a cup of coffee at 4 p.m., at 10 p.m., half of that caffeine is still in your body. And so you want to make sure that you've given yourself time to flush out and process that caffeine, which typically for people means no caffeine after noon, which all of you are going like, what? No caffeine afternoon? Yes. Caffeine makes a tremendous difference in your sleep. What caffeine does is it reduces something called your sleep pressure. There's a little molecule that builds up in your brain called adenosine. When it's at a sufficient amount, then uh, your sleep pressure is so high that you just need to sleep. Your body just shuts down and your brain does too. Caffeine blocks that sleep pressure. 
see the simplest and easiest thing you can probably do to help yourself sleep is stop caffeine. You might be like, oh, I can still drink caffeine. It's fine. Maybe when you were 20, you could, but right now your caffeine sensitivity decreases as you age. (laughs) So really analyze it. Mm -hmm. The second is managing the amount of light that you get. So light triggers a hormone called melatonin, which many of us have heard of. You want it to be dark before you go to bed and bright when you wake up. And you want to do that in consistent timing. So choose the time, seven to eight hours that you think you're going to be able to sleep in regularly. You want it to be consistent because you are literally training a system of your body, your melatonin to be up at a time and down at a time, up at a time and down at a time. Choose a time that's realistic for you. Maybe that's 12 to seven, maybe it's 11 you know, maybe it's 12 to eight, 11 to six, choose the realistic time and go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. Before you go to bed, try to limit the amount of light that you have in your eyes. It's really great if you can dim your lights half an hour before bedtime, no screens in your face just before bedtime. When you wake up in the morning, light in your eyes. So those are some of the easiest takeaways for what to do to get your sleep working physically. On the mental side, There are two reasons that we don't sleep well. One is because we're worried about not sleeping. (laughs) The second is because we have anxiety in our lives. And so if you can let go of the anxiety around not sleeping, you can actually get dramatically further. One of the reasons that we entered into the world of sleep was that we were hearing from Muse users that they were using Muse before bedtime to help them sleep. And then from the studies that we did, we realized actually that's very effective. So people would use Muse right before they were falling asleep to train their brain, to quiet the, you know, the voices, to quiet the ruminating thoughts, and it would help them slip into sleep. And then if you wake up in the night, rather than thinking, oh no, I'm going to be late for this thing. Oh no, I'm going to feel terrible. Oh no, I'm creating anxiety around sleep. If you simply lie there and focus on your breath and be like, I'm not asleep for a few minutes, that's okay. This is a concept called equanimity that you also learn in meditation. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm not sleeping, that's fine. You know, eventually I'll sleep and you just breathe deeply, meditate a little if you want. Eventually you will fall back asleep because it is often that anxiety around not sleeping that ironically keeps us awake. Yeah, which is funny because the, the, the more people worry about not sleeping, the more they don't sleep, right? Yes. Which is, which is, which is ironic. And so, yeah, you can use things like that. So it's interesting because like with me, I have my whole little routine, how I go to sleep, how I wake up. Right. And, and so, like you said, you know, trying to probably our phones are one of the worst things that keep people uh, from having a good night's sleep because I, you know, I noticed I got Apple products and they started doing the wind down, right. Do you want to, do you want to wind down on your phone, set a time of when you want to go to sleep and then a half hour, hour beforehand, it kind of starts to shut off some notifications or do some different things. Um, so that you're not on your phone, because again, it's, we're staring at the phone, it's light in our eyes. Plus our mind is going crazy too, right? Because we're like scrolling Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And so our mind is like going, 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 going. So I've always heard, you know, whatever you do, you know, it's half an hour before you go to bed, you want to start winding down, which it sounds like, again, it's kind of what you're talking about there too. Yeah. You want to start engaging practices that are going to help you sleep. 
So one of the things that we've built with the Muse S, which is our newest device that helps you sleep, is this amazing biofeedback experience that actually teaches you to quiet your mind. So you're listening to audio content. It can be a soundscape that's actually built from your body, a nature soundscape that's in training your body into sleep, or it can be a guided meditation that's guiding you to you know, move your mind out of your wandering thoughts and onto your breath and relax your muscles. And then as you're falling asleep, as you wear the Muse device, because the Muse is tracking your brain, it's a real EEG. It's literally like a sleep lab. It is a clinical grade EEG on your head. Um, it is able to actually interpret your state of wakefulness and change the content based on it. So as you're falling asleep, the device is able to see your state of wakefulness and shift and guide that content to be quieter, to be slower, to really indicate to your brain that it's okay to let go now, it's time to sleep. We found this to be remarkably effective in a recent study by a third-party lab. They saw like a 27% increase in the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index using this um, because it really helps you just have a tool that you can rely on to quiet your mind and sleep and then reduces all of that anxiety that you have around, oh no, am I going to not sleep? Because if you wake back up in the night, the muse, which is still on your head, will be able to actually see that you are now awake because it's a clinical grade EEG tracking your state of wakefulness. It brings in the same intervention that helped you fall asleep the first time and just guides you back to sleep automatically. Well, I'm guessing that it, it probably can even do it a little bit subconsciously because as it notices that you're coming back up, even before you're probably yeah. consciously awake, <clears throat> it's actually helping you go back down because your subconscious is pulling that in. Yeah. And you can set all the settings. So you can choose how long you are awake for before the audio comes in. You can choose how long the ramp down is. You can choose the kind of audio. So you have total control over your experience to really create what it is for you. That is your personal sleep assistant to guide you into sleep. Fabulous stuff. Well, again, <laughs> it's I pretty can, amazing. I, I told you, I mean, I, I could, I could geek out on all this stuff because again, the whole science side of it, the whole, you know, mindful and spiritual side of it, I could sit here and talk to you for hours, but unfortunately we both have busy lives and we can't do that. Plus the people that are, are listening have to get back to whatever they have to get back to as well. But thank you so very much for, for coming on here and, and for what you're doing, for the good that you're doing in the world. And um, it always makes me happy when I see that there are people in the world who are trying to make a positive change in the world, which that's what I see you doing. And so I'm grateful for you and for what you've been doing and for the hundreds of thousands of people uh, that you help as well. So any, any final thoughts, um, you know, before we end up wrapping out? Oh, that's so kind of you. Really, really kind. And, you know, we're trying, we, we got really lucky that somehow we got this right and it really is working. Um, and I know there's lots of people trying and it doesn't always work, but I'm here to help and support anybody out there who needs help in, in doing what they want to do in their lives. So thank you so much for this conversation, for the ability to, to dive deep and to spend some time together. Yeah. Well, thank you. And for everybody that's listening, this is probably one of those episodes you want to hear more than once. And we might've sounded like your mother, get a good night's sleep, <laughs> you know, sit in silence for a little bit, probably throw in there, drink a lot of water would be another good one too, but they're simple things. But when you do them, 
it's it's not woo woo stuff. This is all backed up in scientific research as well. So believe it, don't believe it. It's up to you. But if you want to feel better, why not at least just try it? Right. That's what I always try to tell people. Just try it. See if it works. So Ariel, thank you. And uh, maybe we'll have to have you back at some point in the future. I so look forward to that. Thank have a you. Wonderful afternoon. You too. And it's going to be a magnificent rest of the day. Yes, it will. Thanks. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast, and you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, Head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.